right, welcome into the Week 17 Fantasy Primer, the 27th episode of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins, James Adams, back at you one more time here for this 2021 fantasy season. Did you make it to the championship game? That is what we're hoping you're answering yes to today. James and I will do what we can to get you ready here. We'll talk through some of our Thrive Fantasy bets. We've got injuries to start talking about. That week 17 slate and James, uh, it didn't go good for me. As I already sort of told you, I only advanced. I was in seven last week at this time, semifinal type settings. And I've, I've, I've got a couple third place money I'm playing for, but mostly I'm, I'm playing just for one freaking title. It's so disappointing, but, uh, is the season for that here with all the craziness, but dude, for any of the people out there that made it, what a, what a great, uh, feat it is this year. And, you know, right now, as I always say, when I, we're not there, I'm not in myself. I'm going to throw my full attention this week, or at least until Sunday when I go to the Bengals game and turn off Twitter at like 8 a.m. I'm going to put in my full attention to helping people win, James. And I know you're here to do the same, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, I took I took a beating two weeks ago, so I already kind of had my own little pity party last week at this time. And <laughs> yes. quite quite frankly, this year was just insane. So anybody who made it further, congrats. I'm in two championships this week and one uh, consolation, which would double my money in that league. So that'll be cool. I'd rather keep my friend's money than give it to him because it's the league I run too. So I care a lot about that consolation matchup all the, all of a sudden. And as you well know, the one championship I'm in with uh, some good money on the line, it's a best ball. So I guess I'm putting all my time into other people's lineups because, well, I don't have to make any choices. If yeah. Rex Burkhead does it again, it'll just be in my lineup. Let's be serious, though. We're not going to put too much time in because we still got our uh, DFS, our showdown slates, our prop bets over at Correct. Thrive. I'm, I'm, I'm making bets on the games, which as disappointing as fantasy was for the past weekend, it was still a good weekend on that, except for the one one of my uh, football pools where I've been doing terrible. I mean, there's weekly wins, so I want to compete, but I literally spaced sending my picks in, dude. Oh, The commissioner, I mean, he's emailed me. He's like, I got to give you minus one unless you can send me your email receipt. I was like, well, I can't send an email receipt to an email I never sent because I totally forgot because we were busy doing our show on Christmas morning, James. There we were helping others, and I missed the Saturday morning deadline. You know, dude, I basically did the same thing in our host uh, or our, our our listener league a couple of weeks back. Um, I didn't hit submit on my lineup. I put it together. I made conscious decisions about what to do, and I didn't hit submit. So, look, I feel you. As many leagues as we're both in, it happens. I hate when it happens, but it happens. Yes, it does. So that is that. But uh, as we set the slate this week, we will dive into some action and. This will be our last weekly podcast here as we sort of shift to the off-season mode. Don't worry, uh, you can still get us on SiriusXM well into the NFL playoffs. We'll be working deep into January this year on Saturday mornings. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Dan Claskins at JamesAdams94. James will be podcasting really all year long over with Skeeter on My Fantasy Fix, the golf podcast. We're all looking forward to some more golf action getting back and you can catch my other podcast, Get Sports Info Podcast, year-round as well. Check that out. But, uh, James, in terms of what lies ahead this week, we'll get to some of that. But even before we do that, I mean, okay, so you made it into the championship game. It's interesting because, I mean, I don't know about you, but in the leagues I did get beat at I, last week, I'm looking at the Scott Engel Host League, for example. Uh, in the in one of the, I was in two Sirius XM host league semis. I made it to the championship in in the uh, host league too. But in the post free agency post free agency draft, James, where I lost Cam Akers, my first round pick before the season even began, 
somehow I, I had, I got to hear this game, but I got beat and I had a really good game, but he beat me with basically waiver wire grabs from this week. Dudes that I didn't have fab left. Actually, I don't even know if there is fab in that league, but he queued him up and beat me with, uh, ju- uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. The Chargers running back, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, who, boy, that was a swing and miss for me this week. Uh, I really thought it would be Justin Herbert time. Freaking Houston shows up and puts on a beatdown. We're going to win the game, too, but that didn't happen. <laughs> Correct. So, yeah, I missed that. I swung and missed on Justin Jackson monumentally this well, it week. It wasn't just him, though. He had, like, the Dolphins. I mean, it was just, like, all these things he did, in, you know, and kudos to him. Nothing. I mean, sure. Scotty's a great player. Uh, but and it wasn't like I was inactive out there. I actually think I did get Ronald Jones in that league. But I mean, he had four dudes that he picked up in the last two weeks that he basically started against me that all went off. And I guess this week where I'm transitioning is not about my pity party still here. But <laughs> for owners that are alive, I mean, I'm looking at the waiver wire this week. and I know we haven't talked as much about the waiver wire, but it's not as much the players this week as it is the chess game that it could become. And uh, you know, you might have your starter set this week. You might not be interested in players that are out there like, you know, let's use Trey Lance as an example. Uh, I'm sure he's a hot name out there. I'm sure he'll be fired up in DFS. He's probably starting for Jimmy Garoppolo. I was drinking mm-hmm. the Kool-Aid in August. It didn't pan out. In DFS, you're paying nothing for him, so I get why he'll be a chalk play. But I'm not rolling him out there in this league or Rex Burkhead, a guy that last week did so good. But, dude, it's the day of COVID. Like, I'm going to set my lineup, and if, even if I pick these dudes up with no intention of starting them, I'm going to keep these options that have these upside on my bench, keep them away from the opponent. So, in a season-long league where it's all over after this week, you, after you got your starting lineup spent, I mean, those bench spots become a chess game in some ways, and that's just one example. Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. In fact, Dan, I'd tell you this. If you're going up against a team that's got a good starting uh, lineup at, at the running back position, right? They're flexing a the running back, maybe have a good one on the bench. Or in my case, last week, I was going in a 14-teamer. I was playing against somebody who had Keenan Allen on their bench. This team was loaded. If it's a situation like that, you've got a usable receiver or running back that your opponent would never in a million years use, and you're not going to use them, but maybe they're weak at tight end or quarterback. I have no problem with every single bench spot you have being filled up by their possible alternatives. If they're weak at a position, you're right. This is all all about this well, week. The and thing you, is, the thing is, it makes it. I, mean, I normally agree with you, but with the COVID, you got to protect. You got to protect your own team against the Rona. That's absolutely a, true. You got to have a backup at each spot. Like you can't just get rid of tight ends and think, Fair. "Oh, I'm good." Yeah, because uh, then you get Kelsey owners. Yeah, that hurt me. Trust me. Yeah. Well, hey, but, Darren Waller might come back this week, James, just in time for the, all of his owners that aren't in the playoffs. Hey, maybe he can help me get high point in Dream League uh, after being eliminated last week during my pity party week. <laughs> No, dude, but it is seriously like a different approach to the mm-hmm. waiver wire. Uh, I mean, I, I always like to say, I mean, it's, it's a little ballsy putting like some of these guys out there in lineups like a Justin Jackson. Yeah, it was a home run last week. And sure, I mean, it made a lot of sense. And uh, but it didn't come without risk. I mean, it worked out. I mean, no doubt. But I mean, if Herbert would have had the game or what I was thinking is we'd see a little bit more of a mix with Jackson being the main dog. And I was expecting the Texans to actually tackle a little bit, you know, and and not score as much. But you got to be aggressive. You don't want to. Then you get into like, okay, well, what if I had these guys to my team? Now I'm tempted to start them. And I heard, uh, I don't know what I was listening to today, but they were actually talking about this with Rex Burkhead. uh, Basically, 
leave me, don't pick him up. Let your opponent pick him up so they can try to like chase his points from last week so they can put him in his lineup. So if there's like these booby trap free agent players, maybe those are the guys you want to leave for your opponent to grab. I don't disagree with that at all. And yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be, of course, uh, as you get towards the week and make sure you know who's playing, who doesn't end up missing time. But yeah, just because guys had a great week the week before, I mean, you know, did you go chasing Duke Johnson's points again? Yeah, just be aware of that. Definitely be aware of that. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, also, you gotta you can't get stuck in your ways either to the point where it's like, okay, name recognition, this guy's in their lineup. Like there's a fine line between like start your studs and like making smart fantasy decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it gets a little blurry. It's hard to make. I was looking at even, you know, Cordero Patterson's a perfect example. He was on two teams. I had lo- lose this week and uh, Cordero has been an amazing fine. I'm not taking anything away from him uh, in the season. He's turned in. It's been quite the, quite an amazing run. There's no doubt. And he'll be among uh, the fantasy MVPs. Sure. Uh, in the discussion, especially when you factor in ADP and certainly waiver wire pickups. Mm-hmm. But, dude, the reality of it is, is, I mean, a few weeks back, the coach, you know, Arthur, uh, Arthur Smith, start talking about like, hey, you know, we're going to sort of scale back workloads. And we've seen it. I mean, here's a guy, James, uh, that essentially that you know, his dual threatness. I mean, he had one catch last week. He hasn't had more than two catches, but one since week nine in a game. Thank uh, God he scored, right? Thank yeah. God he scored. Yeah, he scored. He scored. And I mean, he's, um, but I mean, last week I didn't even really, I mean, I sort of was looking at that stuff. And in both those lineups, I had decent other viable options on my bench where I actually benched a guy that I wouldn't endorse some of the bench. But, I, you know, when you're deep, these are the things that happen. And, uh, you know, and then you go back and you look at the game logs. Well, it's about what have you done for me lately? Like when it's one thing to if you got a bunch of startable assets and you're making a tough decision on the bench, you got to look at like matchup, yes, and in the surrounding settings. But maybe who's hot a little bit? It's not. It's not just about what you've done for me all season. It's what's gone on here lately. So there's examples of it, and it gets really tough sometimes. And that's why it's good to get second opinions, third opinions. But more, oh, yeah. you, th- more you think about it, uh, sometimes the worse harm you end up doing in these things. Yeah, there's definitely over-analysis, the paralysis type deal. But you talked about name recognition, absolutely. I was talking with somebody online last week, and you know, I told him that Saquon Barkley was the player to sit. And you know, he agreed with me, too. Um, I assume they went with the deal. And the conversation was about, man, you know, a, he, late first, early second round pick. And I was just like, look, the offense is bad. I don't know. There's no, there's no upside to Saquon Barkley anymore. So that was a name recognition sit for me that, you know, most people would just plug and play. And unfortunately in the league, I lost this week. I did have to play Saquon. So uh, whatever, I'll continue to cry that river. Um, And then what about Patterson? You mentioned him. I want to put him on the naughty list this week on our Sirius XM show because he let me down last week. Um, So to that point about what you said about Patterson, it's not only about matchup, but it's also about what are teams doing? What are teams looking for? What is their game plan if they're out of the playoff picture who are they looking to analyze in their own system right so maybe this best player and it'll be a case-by-case scenario but maybe this best player isn't actually the one that's going to get the most looks because he's a known commodity for the franchise looking for the future yeah i'm all good points all things to consider if you're alive in the playoffs we're going to look ahead to the week talk about some of the injuries some of the latest headlines the latest uh COVID policies changing here in the league. The CDC recommending the from a 10 to 5-day quarantine. The NFL coming out today with a new policy. This could get players that have tested out back much quicker. And 
Uh, we're seeing that not just in the NFL, but helping out the airline industry and everything. So that's all good news. It's a very fluid situation. We're not going to go through all the COVID news because by the time you're listening, it's probably six times different. <laughs> that's uh, so true. But, you know, it's a, it's a crazy world out there. I'm glad to see that the NFL is um, adapting to the times in real time to try to ease up on some of these standards based off these guidelines to you know get as many of our good football players on the year for not just our fantasy playoffs, but the NFL playoffs and protecting the integrity of all of that. Uh, you know, I'm really, I'm really glad to see that they're, they're listening to the science and, you know, doing the best they can um, here to, to keep a good product on the field, James. And, mm-hmm. you know, every, everybody's dealing with it. It's not just your fantasy teams. Most NFL franchises have been impacted by this in some way or the other, some obviously more so than others, but it is by far not, I mean, every team, every fantasy team, every NFL team have, has been touched by this. So let's get into, uh, one of the things we've done here the last couple of weeks as we wrap up our podcast season here is looking ahead, looking back. We've done running backs two episodes ago. Last week we touched on receivers. Let's quickly hit on these quarterbacks, James. And I mean, we're looking at, I mean, every year, I mean, wait on the quarterback, wait on the quarterback. I mean, how many times we have to pound that in our heads and, you know, everybody and their brother starts waiting on quarterbacks. And I find I'm not really waiting that long on quarterbacks as much as I, especially in best balls, I've definitely pulled the trigger, but this year, really not a ton of surprise at the position. If you look at the top 10 quarterbacks right now and understand that, you know, from a fantasy points per game perspective, the difference between QB1 and QB12 right now is literally like four and a half points a game. So, and Josh Allen has definitely followed up with his big season because he's the top guy in that regard, James. He's had a solid season now over 4,000 yards, 34 passing touchdowns. He's still got the 619 rushing yards there. But, I mean, Herbert, number two, maybe a little higher there. Uh, Brady, Murray, Mahomes. I know Mahomes has been a little disappointing, but when you really look at the game logs, uh, there's really just a couple bad games in there. I mean, maybe not worth a third-round pick, but certainly still uh, productive there. Lamar Jackson, He's doing pretty good in the points per game. The problem is the games weren't there. <laughs> yes. And he really faded down the stretch, which was interesting. Yeah, he did. No, I'm with you. I mean, Lamar was, was uh, a guy that just absolutely, you know, was like a world beater. He had to put the entire team on his shoulders, and he did so. But, uh, yeah, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, probably early December, that he had a stretch. He had missed one game and had a stretch of – Basically six games where only two of them were very good. So, yeah, he had a, a very up-and-down season, as did that Ravens team. Mostly yeah, so, down in the last month. So because his missed those games, he's not even inside the top 12 right now. So your top five is Allen, Herbert, Brady, Mahomes is four, Stafford's five. That's based off of just total fantasy points. Then at number six, you got Joe Burrow. A lot of, you know, a lot of that comes from his big record-breaking performance, but a lot of multiple TD efforts in there for Burrow, who suddenly is up to 30 touchdowns. Now, those 14 picks are a little more than I like to see. But uh, Jalen Hurts has l- delivered on his fantasy promise. Hasn't been the greatest NFL season, but QB7. You got Rodgers, Cousins, and Prescott wrapping out the top 10. Murray would have been much higher, but again, uh, his 26.1 points per game would put him about QB4. Uh, if you were looking at it like that, Derek Carr, the surprise. And we talked about him a lot on the show in the preseason. Here's a guy, if you're waiting on quarterback, he's going to give you production. And he's definitely lived up to it, at least in terms of fantasy points. His 20.6 points per season brings him more of a high end QB, too. But 
James, really not. I mean, maybe the order of some of those guys, but Cousins and Carr, those were the weight on quarterbacks we endorsed. You had the injury mm-hmm. guys that dropped further up there. We were pretty much high on all the guys. I think really, if you're looking at the, the biggest takeaway for me on this list is uh, the, the transition L.A. went well for Matthew Stafford and, and Justin Herbert. The rookie year wasn't a fluke. Yeah, I mean, you you talked about a lot of things there, and in the end, the one thing that you mentioned is not a ton of surprises, and maybe that's because we had a pretty good hit rate when you talked about guys like Cousins and Cars, so the backups or the play on Hurts, which w- wasn't just us, but you know, a lot of people had him as that fringe QB one. If you waited, and I waited a couple leagues, and he's been great for me. Uh, maybe the one thing I could add that. I don't know if it's a surprise, but Josh Allen was really good for up and down games last year. Big games and not big games. Man, Josh Allen has been consistent, minus about two games this year. One of those was that windswept game against the Patriots up in Buffalo. So you give him a pass there. The other one was a terrible game in Jacksonville. And who didn't have a terrible game at some point this year? So maybe the one thing about Josh Allen that I would say was somewhat surprising is the fact that he was no longer up and down. He was a consistent fantasy ace in the hole this year yeah I think lessons learned you're looking at some of the things that I mean rookies you can't really trust rookie quarterbacks no no uh like we were talking about before I was drinking some of that Trey Lance Kool-Aid Justin Fields that was a disaster but those were late drafts well Fields or Lance had started to move up on draft Trevor Trevor Lawrence uh another that might be the biggest surprise. I mean, the Urban Meyer thing was ugly, obviously, but the the um, the lack of accuracy, the lack of uh, you know what what I would think of uh, was going to be Trevor Lawrence, this guy who came in and was NFL ready. He has not looked like the savior that I think a lot of people thought he was going to be when the talk of tanking for Trevor started like four years ago. It's going to be interesting, yeah. Uh, next year, when you start to look at the future of some of these quarterbacks, is Ben Roethlisberger still in the NFL next year, or does he retire? I would assume he retires, but I don't know, man. I mean, you never know, and I never, I never fault a guy for hanging on too long because, I mean, we love the game bad enough to uh, do all this kind of stuff. So I would never fault anybody for hanging on too. Where long. Where will Aaron Rodgers be the quarterback at in twenty twenty two? Denver. What about Russell Wilson? Uh, you know, the more we talked with Scotty, the King, the more I feel like he's, he makes a really good point. Like they got to get something back as much as it may seem like it's over there. Maybe it's over in different directions, i.e. Pete Carroll, but maybe it's not over with Russ Wilson in Seattle. I mean, they got to get something back for him. There's talk that the Browns are going to bring in competition for Baker Mayfield. Is he good enough to fight it off? Depends on who it is. Depends on who it is. Um, look, Baker Mayfield to me is, is. Probably a more athletic Andy Dalton, a guy who's good enough to be an NFL starter, but not necessarily a guy that is going to take you to the promised land. I think Baker Mayfield is better than, you know, if you, he's better than everyone's backup, but he's not and better than most people. Dynasty started. best ball like we play in right now, and you're hoping to win this week. Yes, sir. Would you rather have Tua Tagovailoa or Baker Mayfield on your team? Tua. I'd rather have Tua. Because I, I feel like there's still um, – a ceiling that we could reach with Tua. And if Baker's with the Browns, one thing I can tell you is if they've got Chubb, they've got Hunt and or Dearness Johnson, and that offensive line, they don't want Baker to win games for him. So they don't want Baker to put up the big point total. So it's easily Tua for me. Will Deshaun Watson be a QB1 in fantasy next year? On an NFL team or a fantasy team? 
Because <laughs> it's either going to be yes and yes or no and no. If he is playing football, he will be a QB1 on draft day. Absolutely. Will he be playing football? Will we know? That, you know? I don't know. But if he's but if he has um, a certain path to a potential 17-game season where it's injury, not the NFL, not legal stuff, yeah, he is. All right. So give me your top five QBs right now for next year's ranks. Mahomes, Allen... Probably Rogers still, Burrow, no Herbert. Probably, no yeah. Is Tom Brady? But, but, but I've left Murray out. I've left Brady out. Like again, I just told you why you should at least be middle of the pack, wait on quarterback, right? There you have it. Seven, seven, eight, nine is probably still well. At least to seven or eight is going to be pretty tasty still. And we'll end the quarterback segment with a plea to make more of your fantasy league super flex leagues next year. Absolutely. This message brought to you by our friends at make the quarterbacks important. All right. There you have that. The quarterback <laughs> takes and uh, it is fun. It is fun looking at the position. I've learned one thing about the quarterbacks, uh, James, is you definitely everybody says, oh, yeah, yeah, just draft whoever you want. But getting when you when you have multiple quarterbacks that are similar getting the right quarterback in your lineup is harder than it looks. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, Dak Prescott, we can talk about him for a little bit here. Getting him in the in the, your lineup on the right day, there was a long stretch where Dak Prescott was pedestrian. So you're absolutely right. That is part of the deal, which, you know, it, it comes with the territory, but I'd rather have to make decisions at two decent quarterbacks than, you know – other yeah. that tight end, think, for I example. Think, I think I'm gonna be making it's that just the thing. best ball mentality overflowing. But for me, because of that factor, I don't want to be the first owner, maybe not even the second owner, to get the quarterback off the board next year in a draft. But I'd probably want to be in the first five or six. I want to be in that first half. Six is a good number. I think six is a real good number. To, to I, I think if you're in the if you're in the the top six, you know, more on the back end of it, getting your QB one in a, in a typical fantasy draft, you're going to have less decision made you're still going to get a decent backup but there'll be a further separation and i like that i like just having i like having one less decision to make um you know in at quarterback it's fine it's fine to do i agree with you all right so we put the quarterback conversation to rest if you missed our running backs or receivers definitely go back listen to the podcast and be sure to subscribe as well uh to it whenever we're uh pop back on with it you'll be able to get alerted and you can listen to all of those obviously on demand wherever you listen, including insiderfootball.com. All right, James, let's get on over to it and move ahead to what we've got going on here in the week. We've got, obviously, a lot of COVID situations we've been talking about and monitoring injuries coming out of the week as well. And let's start first, uh, you know, in general. Last week, I know, I think we talked about it on here, but maybe it was just the show, but you, you had concerns about, yeah, the guys come off the COVID list, but are they ready to play or they still have these lingering effects? And now we, we continue to see these things. And I've even read in some cases like Allen Robinson, now you'd be starting him this week. He's off the COVID list, but dude, he's literally dropped like 10 pounds. He, like, mm-hmm. you know, he is uh, struggling to say the least. So it, getting, we just don't know, like, are they, have they really been sick? Did they just test positive? Like what, you know, what type of symptoms they're having? So, it's hard to make a blanket statement. It is truly a case-by-case basis when it deals with that stuff, and it's very mm-hmm. fluid. So are you still a little reluctant to, on just in general on pulling players uh, in this situation here? 
Yes, um, but I think the the thing you got to do, and you know, certainly what we're going to try and do too between now and Saturday when we get back to the uh, the airwaves on SiriusXM is is find out what you can find out from the from the team sites, from the team reporters about individual players who's got no symptoms. You know, like I know Bruce Arians, right? I know he's not a player, but he just recently went on the coronavirus list and he said he's just got a little cough. He's not feeling bad. You got a player that gives you that kind of uh, sentiment and they come off the list. I feel comfortable plugging them and playing them. Um, So like you said, on a Tuesday, it's pretty difficult to give you a blanket statement on any uh, team player situation, but you got to be, you got to, you know, have your ear to the ground and you got to figure out, Find out what you can and get the most information you can about how the player is post uh, COVID-19 and how they are dealing. And you got to make a case by case decision. I wish I would have had a chance to put Travis Kelsey in that lineup, by the way. Yeah, no doubt about it. Duh. Let's uh, let's run through just some quick injury quibs, things, and we'll be monitoring uh, leading up to Sunday's kickoff. Full start at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers dealing with that toe, so hasn't been a major factor there. Lamar Jackson, the real thing we're watching here with the ankle injury, did not even travel to Cincinnati here in Week 16. Will they be able to get him back? Can Tyler Huntley get off that COVID list? The Ravens fighting for their lives facing the Rams in a matchup we'll talk about here soon. Justin Fields inactive in Week 16 with an ankle. Jalen Hurts playing through his ankle sprain. Ben Roethlisberger has been nursing both a peck and a shoulder issue, so he's probably going to miss some practice time this week. And Teddy Bridgewater missed last week with a concussion. We saw Drew Locke look pretty brutal there. Horrible. Yeah, pretty brutal. So they're hoping Bridgewater can get back this week. And James, uh, in terms of the Lamar Jackson thing here, I mean, if Jackson does come back this week, and there is some optimism, especially the season on the line, he does. I mean, this is an ankle issue. He hasn't played. The Rams a pretty tough defense. I mean, is this a guy you envision being able to endorse as a starter in a one QB league? I highly doubt it. I'm going to have to see what it is that you have as an alternative. So as a QB1 blanket statement, probably not. Um, But then I go to the other side of the coin and say, man, if Lamar plays, how do you not play him with the gigantic upside he offers? What quarterback got you through last week and, frankly, the week before where he got hurt? Um, To get to this point, I think it was week four, maybe it was two weeks ago. I'm losing my weeks on vacation when he got hurt. But Yeah, you had um, a week in Mexico where, you know. That's that's the week he got hurt. So, um, you know, who who got you to this point while Lamar has not played the last two games? So, I guess it's – I don't know, man. That's one – that's one I'd have to know the player you're you're playing against and what your game score projections are because if you're an underdog I'd have to say yeah you play Lamar if he plays and if the Ravens have any to... questions and Huntley comes off the list I have to imagine they'd be comfortable going back to him based off what we've seen yeah and what he did against Green Bay I mean he's got that upside too so it depends on what your projections are too a little bit like there's just it's it's week 17 there's a whole lot of things that go into what whether or not he's a starter or not. all right let's look at the running back position buzzkill city for James Robinson owners and uh I had him and two of my four DFS lineups I said that day as and uh, one of my prop bets over there at Thrive so that I was fun that was fun <laughs> Ruled out, tore his Achilles. You can drop him in season long as season's over, and I'm not so sure what his future in Jacksonville looks like with new coach coming in. You got ETN coming back from the injury, so dicey indeed. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, collarbone not as bad as it looked. Probably will miss this week's game, but not uh, the season. We'll keep our eyes on him throughout the week. Daryl Henderson injured his knee on the very first play. Sony Michelle becomes a just crushing RB1 here for the dream uh stretch for any fantasy owners with him in there 
They're talking some Cam Akers coming back. I'm not buying it. Miles Sanders broke his hand in week 16. Likely a season ender. They're holding out hope. So we'll break down that backfield here in a minute. Jordan Howard himself suffered a stinger in the fourth quarter. Did not return. Uh, so hopefully they can get him back. But Howard, Scott, Gainwell, the Philadelphia is playing pretty good football right now, James. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on Daryl Williams this week versus the Bengals if Edward Teller is out? And can you trust any of these Eagles running backs in their matchup? Should, you know, who's who's the best one of these guys you think down the rest of the way? Well, first off, I think if Edward Solaire is out. I think Williams becomes a usable RB2 just on volume. But look, we saw uh, Patrick Mahomes getting it done without other players in the mix. So that doesn't mean that it can't be just all Mahomes time in that game. Um, as for the Eagles, I guess, I guess I'm going to tell you Boston Scott, I guess. But I mean, maybe this is just another time where you go, okay, Miles Sanders was starting to get it done and he was starting to be usable. But maybe I just say, I don't trust any Eagles backfield again besides Jalen Hurts to run the football a little bit more. But I guess it's Boston Scott if you want me to pick one. The other running back situations are Davin Cook with the COVID, obviously Austin Eckler as well, Leonard Fournette. We know he's on IR, so nothing to worry about there. James Conner, can he come back from that heel issue? Antonio Gibson's kind of battling through that toe. We know DeAndre Swift with that shoulder has been practicing, getting some limited work in. Obviously, uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon have been a little banged up, but playing through it. So, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, can he come off the COVID list? Gosh, that was perfect timing, uh, to knock me out of dream league. Damian Harris with his three <laughs> touchdowns. Kareem Hunt did come off the COVID list for the Browns. So we'll see what type of, uh, workload he eats into of Nick Chubb at wide receiver, a re-injury for Adam Thielen. This time it's an ankle and it seems like it's always something with Thielen lately. So you've got him out. You've got Mike Evans, not just dealing with the hamstring, but now also on the COVID list uh, there. So I think those are the two biggest news of notes. Uh, we'll obviously keep our eyes on, um, you know, uh, anything else that comes out. But in terms of Thielen, that, that was one of those guys in that GSI auction league I lost. I would have liked to got a full game out of him. Hmm. I used him in uh, the – League, I didn't get, have Travis Kelsey to go that I'm playing for third place, and I turned to him because he – well, one, I had Cousins, and I needed the upside of the combo. But uh, I feel yeah, I think Thielen at this point, I wouldn't uh, – you know, I wouldn't I, – I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what he has to offer next year. Maybe Osborne's a player if you're looking to fill in for him. At tight end, obviously, Kelsey off the COVID list would be nice. Darren Waller, can he practice? Can he play? We'll see if he can make it back on the field with the knee issue and uh, Pat Fryermuth with that concussion, all situations to monitor. All right, James, let's turn it over to looking ahead at the games this early slate. I do love that the fact we don't have a Thursday night football game this week. I mean, we had eight uh, games in 10 days, I think it was there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is a nice break. And for those that are still playing, they can just wait it all out. They don't have to play a player Thursday because they don't know about a player on Sunday. It's true. It's all right there for you. I love how it sets up for Super Bowl championship weekend in fantasy leagues. You've got the Monday night game, which is Cleveland at Pittsburgh, which will be a big one, especially if the Bengals lose versus the Chiefs on Sunday. We'll talk about that in a minute. Minnesota, Green Bay, the primetime game. But, James, we got some good ones in the early slate, including Las Vegas at Indianapolis. The Colts, a seven-and-a-half point favorite, opening things up there. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay at the Jets, the Giants at the Bears. Those are some real winners. 
Oh, Atlanta at <laughs> Buffalo. There's another game. It's going to be over two touchdown spread by time it settles. New Orleans and Carolina, the under is at 38, and that's assuming that the Saints get their quarterbacks off the COVID list. Philadelphia, Washington, the football team, I mean, they need to be put out of their misery too. Philadelphia, three and a half point favorite. I mean, these are some real crappers. You got New England hosting the Jaguars, 16 point favorite Patriots right now. Unbelievable. Tennessee and Miami is a good one. The Titans minus three and a half. Both teams fighting for their playoff berth. And then, of course, the game we'll both be at, Paul Brown Stadium, where the Bengals trying to clinch the AFC North with a victory versus Kansas City, who's red hot winners of eight straight. The line in favor of the Chiefs at four and a half. I was talking with a friend of mine last night, and he's like, man, that game should have been flexed. You read through all the other options that uh, we have at 1 o'clock, maybe that's why the game wasn't flexed, because there has to be a watchable broadcast on uh, Sunday morning. Packers out playing the Vikings, though. I mean, a game at Lambeau is never going to get flexed for any. That's correct. I I said I'm glad it's game. Since I'm going, I'm very glad it stays at 1 o'clock. Yeah, and since it's, it's going to be, be the cold. Cold, two coldest days of the last six weeks right there, it's probably good it'll be over before uh, dark. Well, I'll, see if, I'll see if I can sneak you in the club. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> uh, it should be a good one on from a fantasy perspective. We started to talk about it. I mean, Daryl Williams, if Edwards Hilaire is out, clearly a viable RB2 in this matchup mm-hmm. based off the volume. Kelsey comes back. You're plugging him in. Tyreek Hill's been a little quiet. He's going to be in your lineups as a starter. They are calling for some conditions here, some you know, flurries in the morning, maybe some sleet and some other types of things potentially. Not a ton of precipitation, though. So I think the Bengals are going to try to do it on the ground. Uh, maybe Mixon's obviously always in play, but I don't think he's throwing for 545 yards if they have it their way. <laughs> no, I would agree with you, right? Because what do the Chiefs do good, and what have we seen them do defensively well? Play with a lead, pin their beer ears back, and get after the quarterback. So it only makes sense that you attack them with the run game. I mean, it, and of course, it's going to be predicated on how well that Bengals defense plays and if they're able to. But much like we see the Browns uh, when they were down two scores late in the game against uh, uh, Green Bay, they still continue to stick with the run. I think the Bengals are wise to do the same here, different teams, but the same idea that even if you get down by 10 points in the third quarter, don't abandon the run game because I do think you're right that that's the way to attack this Chiefs defense and keep those ends from just absolutely letting loose against the Bengals' pass protection that's not great. Yeah. Dude, uh, Brandon Mill breaking this down, but I'm just seeing the news here online about John Madden suddenly passing away. Did you see this? I did not. I hate to hear that. Yes. The legendary coach and broadcaster passing away at the age of 85 unexpectedly this morning. So, wow, that's that crazy. They just I just missed it the other day. I was just wanting to go back and watch. They did the uh, thing on Christmas on Fox on the Madden. Uh, yeah, the one with Andy Reid where you could see both of them like getting a little verklempt, if you will. <laughs> Um, which is cool, right? Uh, as Andy Reid said, John Madden loved linemen. Uh, that's why he loved Andy Reid. I loved John Madden because, well, he liked the big guys. And because, let's face it, he was revolutionary when it came to the broadcasting most, color commentary. Yeah. And video games. I mean, growing yeah. up playing the Madden stuff, obviously iconic. The kids today, that's all they know. My first memory of John Madden, uh, my earliest memories were actually the for Bengals' first Super Bowl there. Bengals' Super Bowl sixteen. He was on the call of that game, I believe, with mm. uh, Pat Summerall. And, uh, of course, he did the game before that, the Cowboys and the 49ers as well. But 
just growing up, man, John Madden was football Sundays. And uh, mm-hmm. wow, that's uh, that's sad to hear. But going back to the slate here, James, Houston, San Fran, Arizona, Dallas, Detroit, Seattle, L.A., and Baltimore, Denver, and the Chargers. Five late afternoon games. I'm absolutely loving this. A lot of action. These are all pretty good games. All a touchdown or less, except uh, Seattle seven and a half point favorite here to Detroit. I'll take the Lions. I mean, the Seattle should never be laying more than a touchdown, dude. Mm-mm. Not the way that offense. Not the way they blew it against the Bears and the Lions. The never give up team. I mean, that is a bet. It opened at nine and a half. It's down to seven and a half. And I haven't even checked these since this morning. These lines are perhaps slightly outdated here. Minnesota, Green Bay, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, your primetime game. What's your favorite game from that late afternoon? Would you rather watch uh, Arizona at Dallas or the Rams at Baltimore, assuming Lamar Jackson's in there, and and keeping in mind, you know, the interest you have as a Bengal fan? Uh, Broncos Chargers is intriguing, too, quite frankly, but probably Cardinals Cowboys. Water can get back. It is if it's Drew Locke. I don't know. The Chargers just got beat by the Texans. (laughs) Davis Mills, right? So uh, it's probably Cowboys Cardinals, I would think. That's probably the easy answer. Most simply, um, the Cardinals got to figure things out. The Cowboys have got to uh, they don't have to win outside the NFC East. Like, well, they're I was gonna say, yeah, they, they just a need... little bit, but it's like, dude, beat somebody besides the Giants, the Eagles, and the football team and come talk to me. I would agree. And this could help them get some, uh, I mean, this could be, this is a huge game when you're talking about potential home field advantage throughout the, not throughout the playoffs, but at any point in the playoffs. So it's probably got to be Arizona Dallas. Yeah. Lots of playoff scenarios, clinching opportunities, everything to keep our eyes on. There should be a fun week, and uh, we'll certainly get you ready for it. Just tune in Saturday. You can get James and I 11 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern anytime on the SXM app. And, of course, uh, leading up to kickoff, uh, hit us up with your questions over there on Twitter. All right, James, uh, this is our final show of the season here, final podcast of the season, our last chance, my last chance to make a run here. And uh, I didn't do myself any favors last week because you your lead went up last week, my friend. Week 16, uh, we both actually scored one correctly. So I, I was trailing. You actually gained five more points on me the last week because you hit on DK Metcalf under four and a half receptions, which I think was really a Buddha Hex jinx type thing. I was hoping you wouldn't hit because <laughs> I needed him in our best ball. But uh, I hit on the under 75 and a half total rushing yards or total yards of offense, I should say for Daryl Henderson. Of course it took a, uh, a knee injury on the first play to, to ensure that I didn't hit on anything else. And, uh, neither did you, you actually did hit on your under 27 and a half completion. Oh no, you didn't. I'm sorry. You had under 27 and a half completions for Dak as your, uh, ice pick. And he got 28 completions. Without playing the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that's what happens when it's 56 to whatever it was. So, Oh, my Lord. What a game. So basically, the, the gist of it, my friend, is you now enter this final week of our pick'em here. About an, and luckily, we didn't ever actually got an official wager on this other than pride here. But uh, 14.10 for you to 12.55 for me. So I'm down essentially 155 points. So I've got to hit at least two of mine and hope you go cold here. So I don't have to. I was thinking about that. I, I've spent too much time getting aggressive here and not enough time focusing on going with ones I like. And now I've pinned myself in this hole where I pretty much got to outpick you by a, at least one game. 
And I'm probably going to go really conservative here and just try to bank points that I think are easy points. Why wouldn't you? You get the first pick, dude. May as well go with Devontae Adams, the total 75.5 total receiving yards. May as well go over for 75 points here. I'm not sure that it's something I want to build my Thrive contest around, but with a lead bank like I have, and the way Devontae Adams is the alpha male in that offense, and Minnesota's defense isn't very good, I would have think that that's an easy over. All right, all right. I can get behind that based off of your logic. I, my friend, am going to go A.J. Brown over a half-receiving touchdown for 110 points. Miami's got a tough defense, but I get you. I get you. Um, I will continue to try and just take what I hope are layups. I'm going to go under one and a half total receiving touchdowns for Justin Jefferson. It's only 60 points. Again, I'm not so sure I would use this unless I was desperately searching pick 10 when it comes to contest time for this. But for this uh, endeavor, I will take the under. Uh, It's going to be hilarious if all these hit overs. Really? (laughs) Great plays if anybody's playing the other side of them. Like, I'm looking at the Devontae thing, and I'm like, I feel like I should be getting like 85 for under that total, but I'm taking it anyway. I'm going to go, and I... I know why it's so high because he hasn't done it in forever. And the Jets have, I'm going to go Tom Brady here. It's over two and a half passing touchdowns. I need three touchdowns, but over 130 is what I really need. And, you know, looking at the game logs, it is sort of a trap because you're like, oh, it's the Jets. It's the Jets. But to get the three touchdowns, that's something that Brady, how many times just since week 10? So in seven games, how many times do you think the last seven starts? How many times do you think Brady's hit three or more touchdowns? None. I mean, he didn't have any a couple of weeks ago when I got bounced from a super flex. One. Um, one time. One? Okay. Yeah. He's hit two a handful of times. But, dude, I need the points. I'm. This is the biggest points uh, I like of the week here. Over 130, Tom Brady, two and a half touchdowns. I need three touchdowns, buddy. I need a handful more yards from Joe Burrow to hit his over on his season uh, total. That has nothing to do with this. But let's just get Joe Burrow involved because he's the man. I'm going to go over 22.5 total completions because he's got the best three receivers in the league, if not Dallas does, but it's darn close. He's he's going to have to probably put up points against Kansas City. I think the over for 85 points, over 22.5 total uh, completions, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, knock on wood, that should be easy. Should be. Should be. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. Uh, it's a lot of yards, but he seems to get a hundred yards every single week, dude. The Raiders don't really scare me either. Hundred and an eight and a half total rushing yards over one ten. I don't mind that one bit, quite frankly. I don't mind that one bit because I'm with you. The Raiders don't scare me either. Oh, where does that leave me? Where does that leave me? Let's go. I'm just trying to find something easy. Let's go Stefan Diggs. I shouldn't probably mess with this one because I was wrong last week about this, but seven and a half total receptions. I'm going to take the under for 85. Eight catches is a ton, and they should be putting their players on ice against Atlanta at halftime. I would imagine, but who knows the way this year's going. My ice pick will be Jalen Hurts. Uh, I like the way he's been playing lately, but he didn't even hit this number last week. It's 234 and a half total yards passing plus rushing. I'll go under 120. Washington football team, I get it. They're brutal. Hopefully they get a few of these dudes off COVID. And uh, I'll go Hurts here and take a chance. It's my ice pick, so what the hell. I'm with you. Good luck. Uh, I hope you're wrong because I have Hurts in the – You uh, say your picks, as you were picking your picks, like this isn't going to help you win the main slate. And I'm sitting here trying to make the best long shots. Maybe collectively. 
if we just entered our eight picks in here, we should enter this these eight picks in. Maybe we actually do have sort of a tournament builder here. I do that every week. I do not know if that was the one that won five hundred dollars or not. I, I but I do this every week, by the way. So I've got our eight picks in. I'm gonna pick two more and then two ice picks, and I'll throw twenty five bucks on it. I do that every week. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you're picking like the safest picks you can think of, and I'm coming up with my favorite long shots on the card. Collectively, maybe it's something. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens. I'll play it again this week like I always do. We equal something somewhere in the fantasy universe, James. I don't know. Maybe if nothing else, uh, pure We equal something. Pure misery is what we equal. (laughs) We equal something. Well, uh, it's been a lot of fun spending Tuesdays with you. Uh, We're done. This will be our final podcast of the season. You want to stay tuned to InsiderFootball.com year-round for all the tools, content you win. Follow him on Fantastics at Fantastics. You can follow him at James Adams 94 me at Dan Claskins. James and Skeeter, they got the golf podcast. You can hear him year-round. Uh, you can check out my other fantasy podcast, the Get Sports Info podcast. I do that year-round. And, of course, be sure to stay with us on Saturdays, really most of January long, and then we'll hand it off to our friends over at Fantastics Insider Baseball, Lou Blassie, Michael Waldo, Sky and the gang, Anthony Perry. It should be lots of fun. Uh, we always appreciate you listening. For those of you still alive out there, best of luck. Let's bring home that hardware. If you end up winning your league, send us the screenshots. I love to see it. Uh, and best of luck to you. James, it's been fun, my friend. I'll see you on Saturday morning. Awesome, brother. See you then, and we'll see you Sunday, too, at the game. All right, there you have it. For James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. We'll uh, see you next time or not, right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.